You're listening to Metal Matters, the official weekly Gimme Metal podcast. The Halloween season is upon us. So it's timely that we have London May back on the show. He's got a lot of great news for us regarding Brutal Realty, a horror comedy that he uh, stars in, we talked about on his uh, first appearance on this show. And he's got some good news about that. And um, yeah, it's just we had a great conversation. We talked about just the general state of things in the world, um, what it's like to be an actor, some upcoming projects. And did I mention that London played in one of my all-time favorite bands, Sam Hain? We both implore all of you to do your civic duty and go out and vote. How are things in L.A., man? Like out here, we read stuff in the news and, you know, hear things. And how how are you faring out there? Everything okay? Yeah. As good as can be expected under the conditions. Um, Some days are good. Some weeks are good. Some weeks are bad. And it's depends on how much I engage with the media and you know that that that's really poisonous and so you want to stay on top of things but you also don't want to get you know destroyed you don't want to lose all hope you want to feel that there is um something to look forward to you know there's some positivity there's some there's still good vibes somewhere and you got to dig for that stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, very challenging to to keep your head up every day. These you know, the, especially this these last seven months or so. You know. Yeah, I'm still working as a nurse, and that is that's a whole other. Dude, that's a whole other conversation. So you're you're like we're on the front lines during this whole thing. I I am. Oh man, and. Uh, so that that's a that's a blessing and a curse. I never thought nursing would become such a uh, dangerous occupation and such a controversial occupation. Because you know, when this first started, people looked at healthcare workers as as spreaders, hmm. and that was uh, that was intense to go from you know having a beloved career to having a suspicious career. <laughs> Well, in my opinion, you know, the healthcare workers were like firemen and during 911, you know, during 911, right. you know what I mean? It's like I feel like all the all the healthcare workers are the ones who are really on the front lines and the trenches like keeping keeping people safe and, you know, saving lives basically. I felt the same way some people felt that you know, if you were I just I didn't wear my scrubs when I was outside of the hospital because people will cross the street from you. Wow. Not everybody, but some people, you know, would, would really look at you like you were typhoid Mary, you know, like I was Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of super spreaders. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's like infected the entire, his entire cabinet, like the, the, you know, cheap the chiefs of the chief of staff. You know, the military. Yeah. everyone, man, it's going down. The, the, the spreader in chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as a, um, I'm not a fan, and certainly as a healthcare person who works 
you know, it's become my life is protecting myself and my coworkers and families and, uh, you know, in the community from COVID, seeing that jackass be so flippant about it is, you know, I, I can, you can imagine. It's very discouraging. Well, well, the worst part about it is whatever concoction of drugs and antibodies and steroids that they gave him is never going to be available to you or I or anyone we know or anyone in this country. And, uh, you know, and that's assuming that he actually ha- has it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, uh, you know, I tried to be, tried to have a humane look at it when it first happened. Um, and I also didn't want him to be martyrized. Right. And now he's done what he, what he kind of has a habit of doing, which is to, it's all, what doesn't affect him, he has no empathy for. He can only understand things that directly affect him and his, um, and his pocketbook. You know, it might sound cliched, but uh, are are you familiar with how the Roman Empire fell? It's uh, uh, brief me on it. Well, you know, everyone attributes Nero, you know, to uh, the beginning of the end for the Romans and uh, the okay. end of their empire. But it took four hundred years for the the empire to crumble after Nero uh, was emperor. One of the things that actually happened during that period of time was he shut down the Roman equivalent of the U.S. post of the uh, postal service, <laughs> which is like oh. eerily similar to what Donald Trump is trying to do. <laughs> um, I I had no idea that he's got a playbook besides <laughs> Nietzsche or Adolf Hitler. Yeah. It goes back even further than that. But I mean, uh, you know, all all jokes aside, the um, the, the really important thing, even if he were to lose this next election, is that we have to be uh, very diligent about the things that he may have put in motion, like uh, you know the division between the citizens, you know, like the left and the right, and all this other stuff. That is going to be a long process to undo some of these things, and and I guess that's why I, I, I think about Nero and how you know even though his reign happened his imprint on, it left a stain exactly the imprint of on roman society took four you know it was, it was hundreds of years and that that's the kind of thing even though you know everyone wants to get rid of donald trump or most people most rational people do but we have to be uh very wary of the next uh few years and the next decade and all that sort of stuff yeah i i did read one bit where somebody was saying that you know it's trumpism that is going to take a while to to wash out yes. like you're saying you know even if he's gone or if he died he still has this um he's still poisoned the well yes and that's going you know even if you you know remove that from the well the water is still toxic and to filter that out as you said, I hope it doesn't take 400 years, um, <laughs> but it, it would be nice if 
you know, we could get back on track, you know, in the next four or five years. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would be know. ideal, but you know, it's, now, the, it's the digital age now and everything happens a lot quicker. So hopefully it only takes four years. Well, I would, I would just like to see him get, well, ideally removed from office and go to jail. <laughs> um, I will settle with getting him getting voted out. Um, and I will, you know, also prepare for him staying in office and, and dealing with more. But I think at that point, if he does win, I think I'm, it's at a certain point, you just have to tune him out. You yeah. just really have to tune him out because I feel that I'm playing myself. Like I'm getting played and I'm playing myself because I'm kind of part of it by continuing to stay wrapped up in it. You, you know, know, something with, that's uh, that, that's a good practice because um, that level of uh, it's not so much detachment, but composure that uh, mm -hmm. is a good tactic in life in general i think yeah like i'm aware of stuff but i mean i have plenty of things to do outside of well i mean i also you know i do i am politically active and i do strive and work for equality um and he's going to block that every chance he gets. So he will kind of be part of things, but maybe I won't personalize it so much. I'll just accept that we have, you know, um, a fascist president and just work from the grassroots level. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, let, let's not hope it comes to that though, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Let's try to keep like, uh, uh, you know, a PMA a little bit, you know, I mean? <laughs> brother, you know, I have my, my weeks where I am just, just feeling, you know, finding the love and sending the love and other times. And I'm sure you can, you know, you're a metal guy too, where you just want to fucking destroy shit. Yeah, I mean that that's uh, you know, that that's always at the fringe, man. Just beyond you know, the 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 light cast by the campfire is that darkness and that's like there's always that urge to destroy at times like this that's just lurking out there just beyond the glow of the campfire for me, man. Yeah, and usually, you know, the saddest thing, it, it's not about destroying property, it's about destroying myself. I, I, I've uh, gotten away from the, the self-destruction aspect of things, but, uh, mm -hmm. but I have, I have like a pretty good, uh, you know, I keep my outlets there for, for, uh, you know, for the destructiveness and you know. <laughs> good. well, you have your band and trying to kind of keep all those channels open and today's a good day. Um, and boy, do I love good news. I don't know about you, Mike, but I love good news. I cannot get enough of good news. So I'll, I'll take this. I'll take the smallest thing and try to just nibble on that all day. Well, speaking of good news, last yes. time you were on the show, 
we were talking about Brutal Realty, okay? Yes. And, you know, you and I have been in touch, over, you know, since then, and, uh, you know, stayed, stayed in touch. And you've got some really good news to impart on our listeners, and uh, I'll let you take it away with that good news. Um, well, thank you very much. You were, you were right there when we started this campaign for this short film, this weird, absurd black metal comedy. And that was uh, a year ago. And now it's 2020 and the movie's finally come out on Amazon and it's doing really well. And today I just got word that it is playing in Cape Town, South Africa oh, wow. at a big festival. Yes. And it's playing in Rome, Italy. Nice. And these are things as a, I mean, everything kind of goes back to, to thinking about things in terms of a band. And if people listen to your show, probably that's more of their vibe than, than acting in movies and stuff. And so this is on the equivalent of making a single, you know, with your friends and putting it together and putting it out yourself. And a year later, having that record playing all over the world and all over the radio. And it's just mind-blowing. It's playing in, you know, it's won seven awards. And now it looks like we're going to be able to make a full-length Brutal Realty movie. That's awesome. Um, and so these are things that I never would have dreamed of. It just seems like it's got legs. It's got a little bit of a timelessness feel to it, which just because I like something doesn't, doesn't always translate to it connecting with other people. But this time we, we really struck a chord with people and very, very fortunate. And I'm just, I'm just shocked by the whole thing. Yeah, getting it on Amazon is is pretty huge on Prime. That's uh, that, <laughs> it, it. It took seven months. <laughs> yeah, man that that's that's a that's great news. And um, for anyone who missed the first uh, your first episode on here, maybe just give like a a brief rundown of Brutal Realty because uh, we've gotten a bunch of new listeners since then. Um, oh, awesome! Please, yeah. yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear love to hear your description of it. I'm. I'm bored with hearing mine of it. Okay. Well, we have a, a, a black metal drummer who uh, decides to get into real estate, and uh, but also he's in league with Satan. And yes, it's basically the escapades of uh, of this character, and that's played by by you. Thank you. Yeah, that couldn't have said it better myself. I probably would have said something like wacky hijinks, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is. Um, It's a homage to black metal and to horror movies. And it also is an homage to, for me, to Buster Keaton, you know, as much as it's as an homage to Evil Dead and gratuitous gore. Um, there's a silent movie aspect to it that I how it views in a small way into the film and that's interesting that's obvious that that's not obvious that's buster keaton wow i um 
you know, now that you mention it, it's because uh, I, I like a lot of silent horror films. Mm-hmm. You know, Metropolis, you know, Nosferatu, Haxon, like stuff like that. I find, um, you know, old like old atmospheric horror films like that are, um, mm-hmm. you know, they they have to uh, portray emotion without dialogue, basically. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a, a lost art almost. You know what I mean? So that that's that's interesting. I think. Well, when you have that that corpse paint on, it's it's kind of exaggerated, and you can work within that. You know, because I was playing in a black metal band um, and doing my own makeup, and kind of I don't know, trying to be a trying to be a character in the band, and so that helped to kind of prepare me. And of course you know, Sam Hain and the blood and all that kind of stuff was always about transmitting something, channeling something without, without words, just trying to create an image or a mood with just your expression and your body language. And while most of the stuff that I'm referring to as far as Buster Keaton is comedy related, there's also a certain amount of um, I don't know, melancholy and sadness that is there in some of those old silent movies, like whether it's um, Charlie Chaplin um, or Harold Lloyd. There's, they're always kind of the sad sack, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're yep. kind of the sad sack, and certainly my character in Brutal Realty is a bit of a sad sack. And I liked you know, uh, playing it that way because he's a, he's a, he's a demon. He's not a, he's not a human. He's a demon who is, uh, having a midlife crisis. (laughs) Well, that's, that's, um, you know, also what comes to mind is, uh, you know, just Lucifer's story of his, uh, fall from grace into hell, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, like I, I'm a big fan of that whole Paradise Lost, uh, you know, poetry and Milton and all that sort of stuff too. And uh, an Earthbound Demon is always a good thing in a story. I think. Yes, um, and the character in Brutal Realty is. Gosh, are we getting really boring and really deep? <laughs> no, man. I mean, hey, the movie. I'm just sitting there going, like, oh my gosh. The movie is so gory and it's so crazy and funny, but yeah, the juxtaposition of a demon trying to assimilate into the human world and being discriminated against um, is not a usual demonic role. Um, And that is maybe why it's the movie's kind of grown legs like a, you know, like something from the thing and continues to crawl along because it's, it's a little, it's a little touching in a way because he's an outcast. He's a, he's a black sheep. He's a freak. And he gets, um, discriminated against because of that. So in a, in a way is a bit of an anti-hero, I guess, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you want to root for him, even though he's going about things, you know, uh, in the end, very violently. <laughs> also, the fact that this uh, premieres 
premiered on Prime at this time of year is is pretty cool. You know, we're we're in October. You know, it's uh, we're getting close to Halloween, which is um, I'm sure you really appreciate this time of year as well as I do. Absolutely, this the seasons and the days and the weeks have all blended together. But October, I am really trying to concentrate to to bring some a different energy than I've had for the last seven months. Right? You know, I, like I, I can't let I can't let this fucking this time of year go by without some sort of trying to regain, you know, it's up to me to kind of grab that energy back and not let it be thrown away with the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the summer went by, uh, you know, spring went by, obviously. uh, And now this time of year, I'm the same way. It's like, I'm trying, this is like more than Christmas. I enjoy this time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And because it's like all month, it seems like, you know, once October rolls around, you just it gets colder out here at least you know at least out here it does and uh the colors <laughs> it went it went down to 96 i know <laughs> you guys are getting smashed out there with the hot weather mm-hmm. from what i understand yeah uh, you know you get the the foliage you know and and now living out here in new jersey it's like i uh, i get i actually get to see trees which is nice it's beautiful when i was in samhain in the 80s i lived in rutherford and lindhurst which was you know, kind of a neighboring town of, of Lodi where Glenn lived. And it was so beautiful. And every fucking block looked like Haddonfield. Yeah. Yep. Every block had that, that essence of, of Halloween, the Halloween movie. Everything looked like small town neighborhood America. Um, and I really, it was very easy for me to get in the spirit there. These days, it's a little more difficult, but especially now with with everything being canceled, um, we had a huge ministry Halloween show planned. Oh, man. That was something that I was looking forward to since, you know, six months ago when it was discussed. Um, but I got good news is that besides Brutal Realty being out on Prime for this perfect Halloween season... I start uh, rehearsing tomorrow for a big live streaming event from the director of Saw. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. And so that, that starts next week. It's, it's a new uh, interactive event called uh, One Day Die. Huh. What, what is and this exactly? Uh, I, I don't it's, know. I'm trying it's to a live streaming, like immersive, interactive performance where you buy tickets and it's, we did about four years ago, I did a immersive theater experience um, called the tension experience. And it was like, there was there was a couple going on in New York. I think one was kind of was called like Sleep No More. Oh, that rings a bell, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yes, right. it's where the audience becomes part of the show. Right. Okay. All right. Now I follow. And things kind of go sideways depending on what the audience 
how the audience responds to things. And the whole performance or play will gear sideways to match it. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure thing. Yeah, you know, that's the first thing that came to mind is a choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. book. And that, that's actually really cool. I think um, that, that's, that's like, I think, the future of entertainment, actually. Well, this is taking that, obviously, a step, uh, a step further because of COVID. And so now it's a live streaming event that is interactive with people watching it on their computers. Does that make uh, any sense? Yes, because there was a thing on Black Mirror from like a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago where you watch it on your computer and you have decisions to make. Exactly. Yeah, this is cool, though. I mean, I'm glad. I I really enjoyed that because I actually went through the whole thing several times doing all these different decisions. And, oh, uh, no, that's right. The, the feature-length Black Mirror movie. Yes. Yep. Right? It wasn't just one of the little episodes. It was the whole movie. Yeah. It, it was like oh, a special. Yeah, it was a, a special. special, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a full-length one. Oh, I have to watch that now because I'm, you know, trying to gear up for this. And it is wild. It is fucking wild. And as a performer, it is... You know, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, no. it is traditional in ways, and then it's very untraditional in ways. Um, so it gives me a lot of room as an actor and as a as a horror fan, and you know, wanting to you, you want to connect with your audience. Immersive theater is where it's really at. Because it's kind of like the people, if you were in a band, it would be like the people watching the band get up on stage with you. And then that becomes a new jam. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, this, this, now, let me ask you a question. How and when is this whole thing going like, to be available for people? The director is Darren Lynn Bousman from the Saw movies. Um, if you look up his name and you look up One Day Die, I, I should have had that prepared. But they've got a website up. I believe we we go live next Thursday, and it continues um, through the end of the month. That's that's like soon. It is. It is very soon. Wow. Okay. This is, this is brand new. You're the you're the first person I've talked to about Damn. it. Okay. Right. Yeah. On. That's great. Yeah. So, but the, the tension experience was that I did four years ago with him was mind blowing. I mean, there was a book written about it. It kind of became this international uh, sensation. Um, just really exciting. Like people paid to get fucked with, which is kind of carte blanche. Uh, you know, if you really want to scare the fuck out of somebody, people will pay you to do that. <laughs> yeah. And people people who think that they've seen it all, wait till Darren Bousman gets a hold of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this is kind of a natural extension from uh, the you know the Saw franchise. Like having you know, I'm a fan of that franchise, and it makes sense that he's doing something like this. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very creative and. He 
has a new Saw movie coming out. It actually was already supposed to be out, but everything's been pushed till 2021. But uh, Saw, it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw, with and Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are starring in it, and that will be out next year. Um, and he's always doing traditional movies. He's got a movie out now called Death of Me, which is really great. I recommend it. It's on Amazon right now. Not on Amazon. I'm sorry. Apple. Apple is has uh, has Death of Me, and but doing live theater is really great. As as you know, in a band, to me, making movies is kind of like being in the studio, but doing live theater is like being on stage. Obviously, there's a connection. There's energy with an audience, and I look forward to, you know. Even if it's, you know, live streaming, there is still that feeling of, of well, we're going to, that, that's, that's going to be the challenge, is how do you create that? How does a band play on stage or a sports team play in an arena with no people? It's, yeah. a, it's a level of, of um, it's another level of, of a mindset, you know, or a skill set that I'm, I'm looking forward to challenging myself. You know, I, I, a lot of times I think about um, acting in a live setting like that and how mm -hmm. it must be almost exactly like playing on tour. You know, like when you're, you know, you got every night, you know, you're doing things every night, you're playing essentially the same set. And, uh, mm -hmm. but then you have these moments that you might stretch things a little bit or you, do you hit, you know, if, if you're the vocalist, you might try a couple different things with the vocals. And I imagine, but also the the moment to moment um, energy of performing live versus and you know compared to performing on the stage. I mean that that's that must be very very similar. I imagine it 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 absolutely is. And I'm one of the guys who is ferocious at practice and ferocious at rehearsals, and there's not really a difference between what I do in rehearsal and what I do on stage with, with music or acting. And so I think the thing that changes, and especially with this immersive theater, is what changes is that you actually engage and welcome the input of the audience, but you still have a structure, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that that that's I, I I need to check this out, man. I'm I'm uh, I think I'm gonna I'm, when this thing drops, I'm gonna check this out because I'm very very much intrigued by it. Well, thank you. Uh, I I think it's um, I'm looking forward to it. I know that I'm in good hands, and certainly with COVID, you know we're under massive massive. Um, policies to ensure everybody's safety because we're still on a set there's still a crew there's still other actors um so there's that uh, that tell me that tell me like that's not another thing to to fuck with your head yeah. is that we're we're constantly testing i got tested yesterday i mean besides the work i do at the hospital you know now now i could get infected on set you know besides being worried about the hospital now i'm worried about the set <laughs> fuck you know 
I, I've been but getting I tested. Be uh, I've been getting tested every two weeks, actually. The, That's great. Uh, yeah, these. There's Thank a, you. Thank you for doing your part, man. There's a um, thing called Project Baseline, which uh, mm-hmm. hey, this is, once again, this is like a, a public service announcement for you guys out there. Um, there's a thing called Project Baseline where you can preach si- on, preach sign, on. Go yep, ahead. You go online, you sign up, and it's free because it's part of a research project. And uh, Great. you just figure out what town you're in, and you know, you, if they you go to all, it's it's in partnership with Rite Aid, and it's a uh, a self service. Um, do-it-yourself drive-through scenario, so there's no contact. And Great. It's very descriptive. When you sign up for your account, there's a video describing exactly what you have to do. And at this point, um, I'm an old hand at shoving that Q-tip up my nose, so that's, uh, that's pretty good. Oh, did you? Okay, because at the hospital that I work at, they did the swab. They did the nasal swab, which is fucking brutal. But when I went to the, the public health one, I just swab my mouth. Oh, that's but, not. That's but you're not actually, part of this. you're you're swabbing your nose. Yes. Wow. Yeah, man. Bravo, brother. That's fucking brave. Yeah, that both, shit goes deep. Both nostrils. They want you to do both ten, nostrils. Ten seconds, and you're spinning that thing. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yep. I almost jumped out of my fucking chair, and. Not yes, not to sound really uh, awesome. not to sound weird, but that's not the I've had things like that shoved up my nose because I've uh, <laughs> broken my nose several times, and uh, you know, one, one of my nostrils doesn't work actually, so it's only oh, only one okay. side that they. You know, I try to jam it in my right nostril, but I, I can only get it in the left one. But the, it goes in all the way on the left side. Oh, when you said you've had other stuff up your nose, I was thinking, oh, are you like in the Jim Rose Circuit Sideshow where those guys <laughs> putting the fucking foot-long nails? No, you man, know, no, that's, that's, all, I that's love too that much, shit. man. Woo, yeah, that's, that's too much. That's too much for me. I enjoy the Jim Rose uh, Sideshow, though. but Totally, totally. Um, so, well, good for you, man, and thanks for, thanks for mentioning it uh, to your listeners because I think it's really important. You know, I think there's lots of education for families and, um, you know, in the community. I think it's, I think you're, you're doing the right thing, Mike. I, I appreciate that. And I wish more people, well, most people that I know are being smart about it. You know, mask, mask, just the simple fact of wearing a mask has alienated a huge amount of my fan base and, that sucks. That's that is really how this thing got turned into something else. Is uh, it's kind of discouraging, but you know it is what it is. Yeah. Actually, actually, did I just say that? Isn't that like a Trumpism? It is what it is. Okay, strike that. <laughs> it is. I just accept that as the world we live in now. Is that is that something that he says? I think when they ask him about how many people died and they said you know how do you feel about 200,000 people dying and he was like oh it is what it is oh actually I and think it's I just, have heard him say that before yeah it's just it's so dismissive and I don't when I say that I just accept things as the way that they are when I say it is what it is because there's only so much I can do um, in the different circles that I you know work in 
you know, have any sort of uh, interaction with. Has any of this stuff uh, with the pandemic, quarantines and all that stuff, has that gotten in the way of any of your uh, musical endeavors? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not only has the movie stuff stopped or, you know, become very dangerous, um, the, all the ministry shows have been canceled for the year. Right. Uh, 50, I think it looks about like 50 shows were canceled, um, which is a drag. And now everything has been rescheduled for March and April of next year. And I am really, really hoping that that happens. Um, I, I, lo I would love for that to happen by March or in April next year. Yeah, we were on fire uh, last, I think it was March 13th was our last rehearsal. And it was four, three or four days before we were supposed to leave to Australia. And we were doing Australia and Japan and then coming home for a couple months and then doing, and, you know, a huge U.S. tour. And all of that got scrapped. And it would have been such an amazing uh, show. I was, we were sounding great. And it's going to be great next year. Um, but I'm glad that I'm in a band and that I work at an institution that really takes their health seriously. Man, playing in ministry, uh, when, when you really think about that, um, I mean, ministry has been this uh, institution for, let's say, one, two, three, over almost four, <laughs> almost four decades. Yeah, now. yeah. It's, um, it blows my mind. I, I will never take it for granted, and I will always, I, I think, I'm, once again, and it happens very frequently in my life, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Now, that must be Ooh. a physically demanding gig, too. Absolutely. I had to, I drummed more preparing for the, the tour last year than I have probably drummed in 10 years combined. Wow. Just to learn the set. Um, the set, the way that it, you know, with the technology of playing to the tracks and playing with all the, you know, the beeps, the, not the beeps and whistles in an industrial band. It's like with the clangs and bangs. Um, a lot of their stuff is way more tricky when you actually have to play it. It sounds pretty straightforward in ways, but then you go, oh, man, that's a weird little change right there. I mean, a, a lot of bands are difficult, but this was the speed and the arrangements were, I mean, I'm an old guy. I, I'm not, I don't have that like sponge brain and, and athlete body that I did when I was a kid. This was like a, a lifestyle change. It's like, and learning a different language, <laughs> you know? 
and uh, but they've been great to me. They've been they've been so wonderful to me. I love all those guys, and Al is a he is a legend. And Friday's his birthday, so I get to hang out with him on his birthday, and I just feel very very fortunate, you know. And I've worked with so many great people in my life, and to have this opportunity. Um, at this point in my career, in the, in the, the sunset of my, of my career is just has gotten me up and back behind the kit and very excited. Well, these days, I, I, I think the sunset, it takes longer for the sun to set than it did maybe 20 years ago, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, so well, you're right. good, you know. You're right. You know, just when you think that, you know, because I I can have some, you know, some dry spells. And that's kind of like why everything pivoted into movie land was that, you know, the music stuff that I'm doing. But you know what? I was kind of, Mike, let me let me confess something to you. When I was getting ready to talk to you, I really felt very forced because I had nothing. I, I didn't think I had done anything. Well, I didn't think that I had anything to talk about because that's my brain likes to minimize that stuff. It's like a, a accomplishment dysmorphia. And then when I sat down and I'll self deprecate like a, like a professional, <laughs> but I really have been playing a lot of drums. I, I think the only reason I got in ministry that I was good enough to even pass the audition was I had been playing drums in another band and I wasn't coming in cold, you know? Um, So I am doing stuff constantly and I like to kind of minimize that because I don't know, that's just the way I am. And maybe when I ignore my accomplishments, it makes me push further you know, to do more because I don't feel like I've really used my time here on earth as productively as I could have. Yeah. I don't think that's so unusual because a lot of, I mean, a lot of people tend to, well, I, I would let some people don't do this at all, but a lot, a lot of people diminish, <laughs> right? you know, a lot, a lot of the good ones out there that are, are really trying to make a mark, I think don't like to rest on their uh, laurels. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And that's a, a good thing. However, it is important to acknowledge the the good things that you've done too. You know, and, and it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to do that in light of everything. Yeah i I remind myself of the stuff that I had done, and it kind of uh, startled me because i I have another band outside of ministry called Symbolism. Um, that's got a record and a single coming out. And then I've got a, a double live record coming out from a band called Distorted Pony that, that I toured Europe with, um, in 2018. So there's, there's stuff happening, but I don't really, uh, I don't really think about it until I really sit down and put it down on paper. Because I'm thinking about like what's directly in front of me at the moment. 
Yeah, I was I was going to ask you about symbolism because that's uh, that's a band that you do with uh, with Rick Agnew's involved in that band. That's too, right? that's correct. Yeah. So we've got this great record. It was recorded last uh, last spring, and we have a single coming out, actual vinyl seven inch coming out. Uh, I think it's kind of up to the pressing plants, but I think it'll be another couple months, and then hopefully try to get an album out next year. And it's fucking awesome. And I will kind of forget about it, which is just the way that my brain works. If it's out of sight, out of mind. And I, and when I listen to it, I just, I get so excited. Um, and I can't wait for the world to hear it. As with everything that I do, I'm just super proud of every, everything. Um, and whether it's acting and making movies or playing in bands, it's, um, I'm just like a kid who paints a picture and then wants to like show it to all his friends. Well, just uh, also to, um, just in case anyone out there isn't exactly sure who Rick Agnew is, uh, You've probably heard me discuss a band called Christian Death. Uh, mm -hmm. if, you've been, if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, like that kind of stuff comes up. Rick Agnew was in Christian Death, and he was also in the legendary Southern California hardcore band, The Adolescents. So, um, you know, symbolism sounds like a, a really cool like thing that people should go out there and check out. Well, thank you. And also just for... Uh, another factoid is that uh, James McGurdy, who was the bass player in Christian Death, is also in Symbolism. Oh, okay. There you so go. it's, yeah. Um, and I actually replaced the original drummer of Christian Death because he was actually uh, in the band as well uh, before me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Um, but it's great. It's really good. I'm super proud of it. We worked really, really hard on it. I think everybody, um, it's not just churning out some stuff that is, that appeals to our, what we would imagine our fan base to be like. It is really, um, it's really interesting and unique. It's death rock with some metal overtones. Um, Definitely some post-punk experimental stuff. It's great. And, of course, Rick's guitar playing is like nobody else's. Yeah, he's definitely one of the more unique players. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of, like, the stuff he's done. And, and um, I mean, that sounds well, you're like... You're a guitar player. You're a guitar player. Yeah. 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 You know? You know. And uh, it sounds, like, great. It sounds exactly the kind of thing that I'm into. I mean, I... I um, you know, there's that there's that Fields of the Nephilim. Well, actually, it's just the Nephilim. That one record they put out, Zune, which is like metal, like industrial death rock. Mm -hmm. And most people don't like that record, but I, I quite like that. I, I listen to that record quite a bit, actually. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I'll yeah. have to check that out. But yeah, it was it was strange that uh, that playing in symbolism kind of got me warmed up for ministry. But do you know how I got into ministry? I have no idea how you got into ministry. So let's, let's hear it. 
Al Jorgensen watched Brutal Realty. Holy shit, said, really? I want that drummer in my band. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so you never know, guys. You never fucking know. You never know what is going to lead where. So do whatever you like doing. Throw it out there and sit back and and let it kind of, you know, let it create its 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 own mark. Don't plan on shit. Absolutely don't plan on shit because I had a lot of plans mm -hmm. for 2020, man, and none of them <laughs> happened. So, <laughs> Well, I'm also a big fan of your band, and I heard your new single. And because I, you guys work with Ear Split Media, the, the PR company? Um, yeah, when when we were on Metal Blade, we uh, we mm -hmm. worked with uh, with Liz, and um, yeah, yeah. Now now we're on Season of Mist, and um, mm. got this, oh, I heard uh, your was it either through Metal Sucks or one of the one of the sites uh, premiered your new song, and it was fucking shredding, man. Thank your you, drummer's, man. Thank you. Your drummer's great. I hate him. He's so good. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. No, that means uh, a lot, man. And and um yeah, that's that's the new shit. We got the uh the new records coming out in November and um there was uh you know um there was a song there's a song on there there which is there's gonna be a video for that song around Halloween. It's gonna be coming out. And uh it's a um it's very much an homage to Sam Hain and early Danzig. And I actually was gonna reach out to you to do some backup vocals on it. You know? But, oh, yeah. So in the future, next time I do that, which I think I'm going to be doing again, maybe I, maybe I'll hit you up and we can do something. Yeah, I I can't say I will um, uh, like light the uh, light the vocal mic on fire with my <laughs> with my with my singing voice, but I'd I'd be happy to help out. Yeah, man. Yeah, the band it, rules. It was more of just like this uh, spiritual screaming. Uh, yeah, yeah, like kind of like. <laughs> It was like a, this gang vocal, like kind of like how they do with you know Sam Hain would have stuff like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I did say, I did sing on all of that stuff, and I can't believe he didn't throw me out of the room. I said the wrong words on some stuff, and it's still there. I, I was kind of amazed that he didn't catch on that I had just flubbed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Misfit, all that stuff. But I, I always go back to Sam Hain as, like, uh, the go-to stuff for me. I just, I find that stuff to be so powerful, you know? Well, I got to say that I'm so proud of that stuff, but it, it definitely spoiled me as a fan because it seems so douchey to listen to your own records but boy before i was in the band i wore out those fucking records you know and like if anybody was to ever catch me listening to my own stuff i would be so embarrassed but it is really good and thank you for saying so <laughs> yeah i mean and, and it, it's exactly when i when I, I mean it's exactly everything i love i mean it's got you know the horror element and, and in a different way than the Misfits did, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in in like a very real, scary, dark. It's more, yeah. It's definitely it goes from. Uh, it's very occult. Yeah, exactly. Which is to me is even creepier than zombies and vampires. You yes. know, the occult is where. Um, 
it's the difference between your life and your soul. Right. But the, the vampires and werewolves are still there. And yeah. it's part of the, uh, you know, like, like the folklore tradition. Like if you, if you mm-hmm. really dig into the Samhain like stuff and, and you, and, and also around the time I was getting in the band when I was a kid is when I started reading about, you know, the Aleister Crowley and or Aleister mm-hmm. Crowley and Thelema and, and all this, like the same kind of thing, you know, different religions and mythologies and all this other stuff. So it fed into my interests as well as all the you know horror and skulls and all that sort of stuff too. So yeah, that's, that's always got a very special place for me, man. And, and um, yeah, it's like this time of year, you know, I, I break, you know, I mean, I always listen. That's like a all the time thing for me, but especially now, cause it's like, I got my two pumpkins out, you know, I'm dark. I'm, I'm loving that. That's why if it hadn't been for doing this, this horror one day die thing, I think I might have kind of skipped over Halloween, which is really sad. And so I'm glad you're feeling it. I'm glad that I got kind of kicked in the ass to get in the spirit because um, it would be for a guy, for a kid, I'm still a kid, a kid who loves Halloween, it would be... um, It'd be tragic. Um, and just because the world is uh, is in chaos right now doesn't take away from the fact that it's still fucking Halloween. And it's my favorite time of year. And no, nobody's going to take that away from me. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. And I'm glad, I'm, I said, I'm glad I have the opportunity to kind of be pushed back into something that's going to force me to kind of get in the spirit because I said things have really blended together and mushed the lines of months and, and, and weeks and events into just working, coming home, working on stuff from home, playing my drums in the studio and just trying to weather this out instead of trying to be more active, proactive, and trying to keep a little bit of um, normalcy. Yeah, man. And normalcy, that... normalcy is Halloween fucking rules. <laughs> w- what am I doing? You know, don't let the don't let anybody take that away from you. What are you going to do? Celebrate, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. You know, I don't care about Thanksgiving. <laughs> I care about Halloween. And uh, for those of you guys out there who do that 30 days of Halloween where you watch a movie every night, uh, do me a favor and head over to Prime and check out at Brutal Realty to... Uh... Yeah, Brutal, Brutal Realty, comma, incorporated. <laughs> I got I to give you guys a disclaimer. Unless you put Brutal Realty dot incorporated, you're going to have trouble finding it. But if you type in Black Metal to Amazon Prime... You will find it on the first splash page. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, there's a couple hacks uh, to find it. So just type in black metal into Amazon Prime and it'll come up along with Lords of Chaos and until the light takes us. Um, or just make sure that you put Brutal Realty, comma, INC. And uh, it's we'd appreciate it. And if anybody out there likes it or they hate it, 
please give us a give us a review on Amazon. Um, that is how the Amazon machine feeds itself is on reviews. As you can imagine, if you for blenders, for bicycles, for movies, it's all based on reviews. So we love reviews um, and positive or negative. They still help us out. So we appreciate that. Right on. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate uh, thank, your, you being a guest again. Thank you so much, Mike. It's always great to talk to you. And I will uh, keep you posted on One Day Die. And uh, for anybody out there who wants to to, uh, to look into that, uh, check out the One Day Die website. I'm going to check that out for sure, man. It sounds cool. All right. All right, thanks again, man. And thanks for listening, Thank you. everyone. Thank you very much, Mike. And happy Halloween. Happy Samhain uh, to the world. And I wish you guys all safety and sanity and good health. That's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, an official Gimme Metal podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. This show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Metal, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.